Welcome to the Parkinson's Disease Caring Podcast, where we discuss caregiving topics to build knowledge and experience to be more confident and more effective care partners and caregivers. I am your host, Dr. Kevin Kloss. I am a movement disorder and Parkinson's disease specialist in private practice. I'm also a care partner for my mom battling Parkinson's disease. Welcome to season two. Thank you for your support of this podcast. Welcome to the Parkinson's Disease Caring Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Kloss. This month, we are going to take a deep dive into the topic of psychosis in Parkinson's disease. We're going to talk about this particular problem and how it manifests in different stages of the disease, how this affects care partners and caregivers, the biology of psychosis. We're going to talk about the workup of psychosis and importantly, how to treat psychosis with your healthcare provider. Many of you are very familiar with at least one of the treatments on the U.S. market called Nuplazid, which is commonly airing on TV commercials. We'll talk about other treatments available as well. So I think this month will be a very informative and helpful sessions on PD psychosis. So to get started, we need to talk about what do we mean by psychosis. So a simple definition of psychosis is a mental change that is characterized by a disconnect from reality. So in the case of Parkinson's disease, we can see this disconnect in typically three different aspects. Patients can experience what are called illusions, where they see an object and misidentify that particular object. Some patients will have hallucinations, where they typically see something that is not truly present. And the third is delusions. Delusions are defined as false beliefs. So early in the course of Parkinson's disease, one study that used online questionnaires to a group of Parkinson's disease patients found that the prevalence rate was as close to 50% in experiencing some type of psychosis. Now, this may seem like a high number, but I think many patients are reluctant to report to the family these type of episodes, and they may be very afraid to report these to the healthcare provider out of fear of having some type of mental disorder, and so they tend to keep this information to themselves. The psychosis episodes can last just seconds or minutes, and they can occur several times a day or less often, of course. In the early stages of the disease, we can see what are called passage hallucinations. This is where a person might see a person, an animal, or even an object briefly passing in the periphery of their visual field. When they take a second look, they realize that nothing was actually there. Some people mistake these passage hallucinations as maybe having a floater in the eye. Another common problem is illusions where a patient may look initially, let's say, at a branch of a tree 
and mistake that branch for a cat. But then on a second look, they realize that they are just seeing the branch of the tree. Patients may also experience presence hallucinations. This is the feeling that someone is nearby or right behind the individual, but when they look over their shoulder or look around the room, they realize they are actually alone. Finally, in the early stages, a patient may see what looks like a cloud, a geometric pattern, or flames showing up in their visual field. And again, these are just illusions. The patient is often very aware of what they are seeing and are aware that these are not uh, truly reality. Now, later in the course of the illness, some studies have indicated that the prevalence of psychosis may approach 60% by the 10-year follow-up. And another study found that 76% of advanced Parkinson's disease patients that, per, that were participating in a clinical trial had delusions and hallucinations reported. Now, later in the course of Parkinson's disease, a patient may have more formed visual hallucinations. Initially, the insight to these hallucinations may be preserved, but later the insight might be lost, and this can cause great distress for both the patient and the caregiver as they argue over the reality of what is being seen. At the same time, patients may experience delusional thoughts. They might believe that someone who is familiar to them has been replaced by an imposter. They may believe that someone is in the room. They may believe that their partner is involved in some type of infidelity, or perhaps the IRS is coming to review their books. There's a phenomena called reduplicative paramnesia, where a patient may believe that a room or place has been duplicated at two different locations at the same time. There is also something called a mirror sign, where some patients are unable to recognize themselves when they look in the mirror. Although rare, it's important to point out that some patients with hallucinations may experience olfactory hallucinations, where they experience an odor that is not truly there. They may experience auditory hallucinations, where they hear voices or music playing. And third, they may experience tactile hallucinations, where they actually feel bugs crawling on the skin or someone tapping them on the shoulder. Some patients will become paranoid. They become extremely suspicious and have a sense of persecution. They may be paranoid about family or friends. They may be imagining that someone is stealing their money or trying to poison them. This can be very disturbing, especially when it becomes a crisis situation like it did for one of my patients when he believed that his wife and the actual police department were people trying to rob him, he was able to get his gun from the closet and ended up in a standoff with the police. Unfortunately, he could not recognize that the police were who they said they were, and he thought that they were all coming to get him. Fortunately, it ended in a safe ending, 
they were able to safely take the gun away from him and get him to medical care. We are going to talk more in a future episode about the biology of hallucinations and delusional thoughts. We're going to talk about the different causes of this type of psychosis, and we'll have shows discussing how to handle someone who is in the midst of a psychotic episode and what treatments are available to treat these episodes and, most importantly, prevent them from occurring at all. Now, of course, not all patients with Parkinson's disease experience hallucinations or delusional thoughts, but this type of psychosis is more likely to occur in certain circumstances that may develop along with the Parkinson's disease. For example, if a patient has developed dementia, if they've had Parkinson's disease for a long duration, if they have other medical illnesses such as pneumonia, the urinary tract infection, or other metabolic disarray, then they certainly are at higher risk of developing psychosis. Some patients have severe insomnia with sleep deprivation, and this may be a precipitating factor for the psychosis. There are also a number of Parkinson's disease medications, as well as medications that are used for other conditions that may be the provoking factor as well. Now, Psychosis can occur even in patients who do not have dementia, and so we need to be aware that this is a very treatable problem and does not necessarily reflect brain damage in higher thinking parts of the brain. Psychosis can be dangerous for a number of reasons. A patient can act on a hallucination or a delusional thought and do something that could put themselves at danger. For example, they might wander from the house, scared that someone was in the house breaking in, and so they end up leaving the home in the cold of winter and get lost and have a difficult time uh, dealing with the cold temperatures. Some patients may decide to get into the car and drive away and end up in a motor vehicle accident. Patients should not be using power tools or climbing uh, ladders when experiencing psychosis due to the risk of harm or even death in these circumstances. Sometimes the psychosis is actually the indicator or the red flag that a medical disturbance is currently causing problems for that individual patient. Without getting proper treatment of the infection or the low sodium or whatever seems to be the medical cause, this patient may suffer morbidity and possibly even mortality. And so we need to take the hallucinations and psychosis as a symptom that needs further workup and treatment. So the takeaway point from today's episode first is that psychosis is more common than we believe. It can occur in the early stages of Parkinson's disease, but is much more common in the later stages of Parkinson's disease. We need to know that psychosis may be indicating a medical disturbance, such as an infection 
or some other type of internal medical impairment that needs evaluation and treatment right away. So as care partners and caregivers, if we learn or witness a psychotic episode, we need to bring this to the attention of the healthcare provider immediately. In some cases, when the psychosis may be more severe, the best course of action may be to get the patient to the emergency room for an immediate evaluation. And finally, it's important to know that there are treatments available, and so psychosis needs to be evaluated and treated promptly. We look forward to the next few episodes where we will continue to dive into this topic, getting into the neurobiology, talking about some of the additional causes of psychosis, and then focusing on treatment, not just medication treatments, but how a care partner and caregiver can better handle this type of problem when your loved one is dealing with it at home and you are the one trying to figure out the best way to calm them down and redirect the reality of the situation. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the PD Caring Podcast. Please join us on our next episode on the topic of psychosis and Parkinson's disease. Thank you very much. If you are learning from this podcast and enjoying the material on this podcast, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. If you think we are doing a good job and deserve it, you can leave up to a five-star review of this podcast on Apple. If you would like to suggest future topics for this podcast, or guests that you would like to see interviewed on this podcast, please email pdcaringhelp at gmail.com. We do not receive any funding from pharmaceutical companies or industry so that we can provide you with unbiased content and content that you can trust. These shows are brought to you at no cost to you. We thank you for your support of this podcast. This podcast is not designed to diagnose or treat any particular individual or condition, but hopefully the information will help you as a loved one caring for a family member or friend with Parkinson's disease. Thank you for joining the Parkinson's Disease Caring Podcast. Please visit pdcaring.com for more information. And remember, you are a better Parkinson's disease caregiver than you think.